Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. everyone this is Cynthia Smalls we're back to God Ministries how is everyone doing today I pray that all is well in your lives that you are walking by faith and not by sight you are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ he is coming back for us he wants us to be where he's at he says that in his father's house there are many mansions if it was not so I would have told you I'm going to prepare a place for you And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you shall be also. Amen. Amen. Okay, I want to just come on here real, real super quick with this little tiny, but all that we need this message to hear it. Okay, the question on the floor today is, what do you need to be saved? Because... For us who has been walking with the Lord Jesus Christ for some time, maybe we take it all for granted. Sometimes we forget how we too were babes in Christ or how we was that sinner man or that sinner woman. And when we heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we heard that tiny morsel of a seed that got planted and it took root, it stuck, it held in there that time, okay, and we get to studying, we get to rejoicing in the word, we get to sharing that word, and we're just living an awesome life in the Lord, and so we sometimes forget what that core message was, what it was that we heard, that got us to call on the name of the Lord, so I just want to do a quick little uh, summary, but very intense of what the word says that answers the question, what do we need to be saved? So here we go. Okay. Saved from what? Okay. Because again, this is for those who are seeking the Lord, who, who wants to come to Christ. And so they on this podcast they are on countenance of others looking to hear that that seed of faith that will take hold. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that this clip, this short clip, but timely clip, would get planted. And the one that you know who would take this message and roll a hundred and will roll a hundredfold with it. Amen in Jesus' name. Okay. The question on the floor is, what do I need to be saved? Saved from what? From hell? No, you need to be saved from your sin 
and the wrath of God. Amen. Sin has separated you, beloved, from a holy God. And if you die in your sins, the penalty is eternity in hell fire forever. And if you thought hell was bad, what's really awaiting you is that last judgment called the great white throne judgment. God has given Jesus all authority to judge you. If you die in your sins and you will be sent to hell on your own accord because you chose to uh, break God, God's holy laws and reject his son whom he sent to die on the cross for the sins of the world. Jesus Christ died. He was buried. And after three days, he rose out of the grave by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives, that same power lives in the, in the spirit of the born-again believer in Christ. Okay? And so, sin caused God his only begotten son, that when he rose out of the grave after three days, he is sitting now alive at the right hand of honor, at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. Because you see, the wages of sin is death, but the gift, hallelujah, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we see that in the book of Romans 6.23. You must humble yourself my beloved. You must humble yourself and admit you are a sinner. Why? Because for all have sinned. We all have sinned. Okay. And that's the first step. We need to admit that God you right. You write, according to Romans 3.23, I have sinned. All of us have sinned. There is no one that's walking on planet earth outside of the Lord Jesus Christ that is perfect. We all have sinned. We've all sinned. And it started in the garden when Adam and Eve disobeyed you. Okay. So, yes, we are all sinners. And then... <clears throat> What you also must realize is this, that your good deeds will not save you, okay? Because a lot of people say, well, I'm a good person, you know, I just get up in the morning, I go to work, I'm on my business, I'm not out robbing banks, I'm not harming little kids, you know, I'm not killing anybody, I'm just living a very quiet life, you know, I give to charity, I help, I help those are in need. I'm a good neighbor. You know, if anybody needs anything, I give them the shirt off my back. But guess what? The Bible says that our good deeds are like filthy rags to him. Okay. Because we can't in our own uh, power save ourselves. We need somebody. Glory be to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We need somebody. Okay? We need a Savior. And that's the missing ingredient. 
We need a Savior, and our Savior is only in Jesus Christ because when he died on the cross, this is what happened, okay? Because, you see, sins have to be atoned for, right? And that the only way that that can happen is with shed blood because in the Old Testament days, right, when Israel uh, sacrificed animals, right, and when that blood was shed, it it temporarily appeased God of the sins that the people were committing. But all of those animal sacrifices were just shadow types pointing point to Jesus, the last lamb to be slain forever. Okay? And so when Jesus shed his blood... That blood was sprinkled on the mercy, glory be to God, on the mercy seat of God in heaven, okay? And when, because Jesus was sinless, he was perfect, there was no sin in him, he didn't come down the line of Adam with that sin nature, okay? God did a miracle, he did something that that was needed to be done because you see Jesus walked on this earth in the body suit of a man okay he's fully god but when he walked on this earth he was in the flesh the bible says that Jesus that the word of god became flesh and it walked among us okay and he was conceived he was the only person ever 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 that was conceived by the holy spirit he wasn't conceived in the natural way that you and i were in the passion and <laughs> the passions of our parents okay our father's sperm interacted with our mother's egg and her womb okay and that's how we were born and because in that in that sperm okay and our father's seed was that fallen nature, thank you, Holy Spirit, from Adam, okay? And so that is why we are all born a sinner. We didn't have to do anything to become a sinner, but to be born, okay? Why? Because our father's seed in his sperm was that fallen, sinful nature that we inherited, okay? We inherit that from Adam. So Jesus could not come to this earth in that way. Why? Because then his nature would have been fallen as well. So the Holy Spirit came on his mother Mary and she was conceived that way because see, that's God DNA. That's that sinless, perfect bloodline right there. And so when even though Jesus was born through the womb of a woman, glory be to God, he wasn't, he wasn't conceived by that sperm seed that came from, from Adam's fallen nature. No, no, no. He was conceived by God's spirit. And so he's the only one that can sacrifice his life as the perfect sacrifice because in his blood, that blood is holy. Glory be to God. Because you see, the blood of animals could not forgive sins, right? 
God used that as a shadow type to let us know that it is blood that's needed to be shed, right? To 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 uh, forgive sins. And so God in his mercy, hallelujah, until at the right time when he was going to send Jesus at the right time, okay? He allowed the temporary covering, if you will, of the animal sacrifices to let us know that a greater, hallelujah, a greater sacrifice was coming down the annals of time. And then when it was at his perfect time and his perfect will and purpose and plan for the redemption of our souls, Jesus showed up on the scene. And so that is why we need his shed blood that would take away our sins. Amen. Okay, so now look, like I was saying, our good deeds cannot save you. The Bible says that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and not of works. So as an act of love, hallelujah, Jesus was made a sin offering so that we could be declared righteous before God because it's only through Jesus, through his death, through his shed blood that we can now have our sins forgiven. God ain't mad at us anymore. Why? Because Jesus' sacrifice appeased his wrath. Let me tell you, we deserve to have been nailed up there on that cross. Jesus did nothing wrong. He was perfect. He was sinless. We are the ones that racked up and stacked up God's wrath against ourselves. Why? Because we chose to break his laws. We said, no, God, we are going to live our best life ever. So thank you, but no thanks, okay? And we turn our backs on God, but Jesus came from heaven and he stood in the middle between us and God and he bridged the gap by doing what? By dying for us. We needed that perfect sinless blood to not temporarily cover our sins. No, no, no. We need something to wipe it out altogether. Right, Holy Spirit? We needed that precious blood. And that is why it is so precious. Because it did something that the, 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 the animal's blood couldn't do. Okay? It completely as if it never happened, washed away our sins. And now we are justified in front of God as if, guess what? And this is the miracle and the blessing, okay? As if we never sin. And why is that? Because you see, no, no, no. God is not looking at us in our sinful state anymore. He's looking He's looking at us through Jesus' sacrifice. He's looking at us through the blood of Jesus now. He's looking at us with that holy love. Like when he looks upon his beloved son, Jesus, that's how he sees us. Because we are now in Christ coming through that blood. That blood is now. So now when we do good works, when we do, you know, good deeds, if you will, you know, they are not looked at as filthy rags anymore. Why? Because he's looking at us through that blood. 
He's looking at he's looking at us through the, the, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We have been washed clean. We <laughs> we we came out clean because we we went in dirty, just filthy, just filled with sin. Okay. We went through, now I'm just going to use a parable here. We went through the car wash of Jesus, glory be to God, and we came out clean, clean, white as the driven snow. And it's because God did this. He did this. He did this out of his love. Let me tell you, God is a God of love, but don't get it twisted. He is also a God of wrath. Now, when you don't go through that car wash, okay, if you don't go through the car wash of Jesus, glory be to God, that's a parable. When you when you don't come through that car wash squeaky clean and he now see you like he see his son, guess what? <clears throat> you ain't getting into heaven. And this is why we need this word right here, my friends, okay? Because like I was saying, <clears throat> As God, as a as an act of love, Jesus was made a sin offering so that we can be declared righteous before God. That's the only way that we can become righteous. We can't do it in our own self-righteousness thinking that, well, all I got to do is just be a good person. I'm not trying to harm anybody. I'm just trying to Get up, go to work, live my life, take care of my kids, be a good wife, be a good husband, and that should be good. But no, because God commands all men everywhere to repent, okay? And repent means to, it's not just saying, you know what, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and then you turn around and keep doing it. And then you say, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but then you keep doing it. That means that you have no real remorse. You have no real godly sorrow because then you keep on doing it. How many times are you going to keep saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but then you keep turning around and keep doing the same thing that breaks somebody's heart? Because just like in the natural, when you have your, your spouse or if you are in the courting stage and that girlfriend or that boyfriend, you know, just keep breaking your heart. And then they keep saying, oh, babe, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then you forgive them. And then um, a month or so later, here they go. They keep doing it. And you're like, what is your problem? Why can't you just stop hurting me? Oh, babe, you know what? I'm sorry. This time I really mean it. I'm not going to do that thing anymore. You got my word on it. And you think that everything is good. But then what happens? Six months later, here y'all are again arguing about the same thing that he keeps or she keeps breaking your heart. That is not repentance. That's just them being sorry they got caught again. Okay? That is not what repentance is. Repentance means that you stop what you're doing. Stop that sin think, oh, wait a minute, God don't like this, what am I doing, listen, I need to stop all this, because God says that he hates sin, and sinners are not going to get into heaven, so if I'm serious about this walk with the Lord, if I'm serious that, you know what, my life is crazy, it is miserable, it is filled with all kind of trouble, because I keep getting myself in trouble, I keep doing these things that are against man's natural laws, 
not to mention God, God's holy laws, you know, um, um, I'm sleeping around, you know, these men, these women, you know, they just using my bodies as a piece of meat and I'm not getting nothing out of it. They say they love me, you know, it, it'll be good for maybe six months, maybe a year, maybe even three years, but then guess what? It's not working out. Why can't I find somebody just to love me? Is that so hard? to ask for is that just too much to ask for and then we keep we keep getting into this relationship that, that that's not working we having problems on our jobs we got bad attitudes why because we hurt we got all this hidden pain we got all of this unforgiveness that's just piling up and then one day it just explodes and we crying all the time half the time we don't even know what we crying for or what we crying about is just this is this cycle of sadness that like we are always sad and mad and then we we get happy for a little while but then we get depressed again and we up and we down we got the highs we got the lows we are all over the place and all of this upheaval in our lives you know it gets to the point where we just can't take it anymore something got to give and then you hear a message like this, how God loves you, that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sins so that, so that you can come out of your sins, come out from the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of darkness, over, be translated over to the kingdom of his son, Jesus Christ, the kingdom of life. Jesus says to take on his yoke, it is easy to take on his burden, it is light, okay, right? Now, that don't mean that when we come to Christ, oh, it's going to be all hunky-dory, all of our problems are going to be solved and all of this, but look, the key thing is this, when you are in Christ, let me tell you, when you have truly repented, when you have, when you have stopped sinning and you're now thinking about, uh-uh-uh, this is not what God wants, right? And you turn back to him and when you are in full obedience, you are walking to him, guess what's going to happen, okay? When you submit yourself to God, you resist the devil. So when he comes with his lies, when he comes with his temptations, when he comes with his bad attitude, and all of that, how you used to be, you ain't going to want to do that anymore. Why? Because you're now thinking about that cross. You're thinking about all what Jesus did for you to get to that cross. Let me tell you, he died a horrific death on that cross. Being nailed, being crucified, that was a shameful, painful way to die, friends. And he did it willingly, okay? It wasn't that he was just, you know, some criminal back there and got caught, you know, in Rome and in and, and Jerusalem and he had to pay the penalty. He had to he had to die on a cross. No, because see those criminals, they didn't want to do that. <laughs> That's the last thing they wanted to be was to be crucified. Okay. But guess what? He, thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. He said, Okay, I know how this is going to end. Okay. I'm going to the cross. I'm going to be nailed. Why? Because and he he wasn't even guilty. They got him on some trumped up charge of blasphemy. Why? Because he was telling them that he's the son of God, that he's the Messiah. 
okay? And they couldn't handle that. His own, his own Jewish brethren couldn't handle that. Why? Because they had their own agenda of who the Messiah was and the fact that they were steeped in their sin and those, and those Pharisees, the one who led the charge for him to be crucified in the first place, they didn't want to give up their power of authority. Why? Because the people looked up to, up to them and they were steeped in sin. They were, they were, they added um, more commandments to the, to the law of Moses to make it hard for the people to keep. And they themselves weren't even keeping it themselves. So it was a rough time for Jesus. Okay. He had to break all of that down to let them know it is not based off of works of the law anymore, that it is now going to be through him, through the grace that God now has on the people that when he dies, we can now have our sins forgiven. So I said all of that to end with this. So we need to put our faith in Jesus alone for salvation. Why? Because he has already paid the price. He already paid the price so that we can now have fellowship back with God, the Father in heaven. And so my friends, there you go. That's the message of the cross, that we need a savior because we are a sinner. We we have been sinning from the time we came through that mother's womb, okay? Okay, even as a little baby, could think about it, okay? As precious as that two-year-old is with them chubby cheeks and them big brown, blue, green, wonderful eyes, okay? What the first thing that comes out of their mouth? What? Now, come here. Come here, Susie. No. Johnny, stop it. No. Are you ready for bed? No. Come over here and take a bath. No. Everything is a no. And you see right there, that's that sin nature being cultivated. So we didn't have to do nothing to be a sinner but to be born. And then when we get into this fallen world and we start to see all the customs of man and how everybody sins, how everybody lies, how everybody steal, how everybody cheat. No one is honest. Everybody's out for them. We learn that. That is all learned behavior, right? Right. Now imagine if you was born into a world of righteousness where everything is good, everything is holy, everyone has brotherly love, then that's how we would be, uh, that's how we would behave. But because all of this is a learned experience, okay? And just like homosexuality, that is a learned experience, okay? Because nobody is born a homosexual. Don't believe the lie. And apparently the Lord wants me to go this way, okay? Okay, because I was getting ready to end this. But we, a person, a person is not born a homosexual. And how do we know this? Okay, because in the nursery, in the hospital, you don't see little babies having sex with one another. So you are not born that way. That is a learned behavior. Somewhere early on, I don't know where it happened. Maybe, you know, that parent didn't tell little Johnny that playing with dolls wasn't a good thing because we all should know as grown folks how this works, okay? If you don't put a stop 
to certain behaviors at an early age, then kids would think it is okay to put on mommy's heels, but I'm a little boy, okay? And mommy thinking, oh, that's so cute. Let, let me let me, let me put this wig on little Johnny and take a picture because that's just so cute. Ain't no wrong with that. He looks so adorable. But those are seeds being planted into little Johnny that it's okay to do this. Why? Because mommy clapped. When, 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 when she, when she put on, um, her, her high heel shoes on me and she put on um, a wig and she clapped and took pictures. So it is acceptable. Okay. Or when, um, Susie, all she wants to do is play with, with Tonka toys and be, and be a tomboy and her father who always wanted a son, but got three girls. And so, you know, and he wants to put his manhood on, on somebody somewhere, you know what I mean? And little Susie, the baby of the family took to that and a seed got planted that daddy wanted a little boy. So I'm going to be his little boy. Cause see, this happens. Glory be to God. This is, this is how it gets started. And so when you have Susie who wants to now be macho because dad, you know, always wanted to have a little boy. He kept throwing out little subliminal little messages about how he wanted a boy and she loves her daddy and she wants to please her daddy. Okay. And so now she figured, well, if if I act like a boy, you know, maybe dad will love me more. Because see, now her mind is being twisted, okay? She's thinking that in order to get her father's love, who always wanted a boy, if she become a boy, right? And then maybe, you know, her father could love her. And so now she wants to go fishing with him and she wants to do construction with him, go to sporting events with her. And now she's getting her father's attention because he likes to do those things. And he always dreamt of doing this with his little son, but because he don't have any sons and she knows this and he knows this. Now they got this bond together. Now she's out in the world and she see other women like her that are manly and butchy. See, see what I'm saying? Okay. It's a learned behavior somewhere. Somewhere before they got out of that house, it got put on them. It got implanted in them for them to be that way. So no, we are not born homosexual. Now, if you think you are born as a homosexual, then you need to be born again. Okay. Because you got some people that even at a young age, they didn't know that that's what happened to them. They don't understand the psychology behind what happened to them. Or maybe let's say that if that wasn't the case, let's say that if that little girl got um, raped or molested or something happened to her where she felt that men, okay, is the enemy and she felt that I'm never going to love a man. I'm going to love a woman. So something, something happened. Okay. Something, something happened. We are not born that way. So I'm just going to end that hair and end it here. I don't know where that came from. That was the Holy Spirit. Okay. Somebody needed to hear this. Maybe somebody who is stuck. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And their, their homosexuality but have a love for God and want to go to heaven, precious, I'm telling you, you need to repent. You need to come out of that homosexuality. Come to the altar of Christ. There 
He will help you with this. I know it has been a struggle for you. Obviously, you are not you are not well. You you are depressed. You you are angry. You are hurt. You got you have a lot of emotions going on. But I'm talking to you right now, and you know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to you. You are stuck in that homosexual lifestyle, and you want to come out of it. Come to Christ. Come right now in the name of Jesus. I'm praying with you. Get on your hands and knees and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm stuck in this homosexuality and I want to come out of it. I can't do this on my own. I need you, Lord Jesus, save me. Lord Jesus, save me. I need you. Please get me out of this. Bring me out of this. I want to come out of this darkness. I'm not happy. These people are hurting me. Help me, Lord Jesus Christ. And he will, precious. He will. He will bring you out of that homosexuality. Come to the cross. There you will find salvation for your soul. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for anyone who is stuck in a sin, whether it be homosexuality, whether it be fornication, adultery, they stealing, they lying, they smoking that weed, they can't put that alcohol down, they are just mean, unforgiving people. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for them. I pray the Lord of the harvest send his, send his messages out into the field to preach them this message. Lord, use me. Use me, Lord. To let them know that you love them. That you love them. But this is serious. They can't stay in that sinful state, Lord. You love them so much. You came. You came in the person of Jesus Christ to this earth to save them. Lord, please, please have mercy. Have mercy on their souls, Lord. May they hear this message. And turn back to you, Lord. Help them, please. Father, I'm begging you, please. Help them. Help them, Lord. Let them see that Jesus is the only name by which they can be saved. And I thank you for your mercy. You did it for me. You did it for me. And I know you'll do it for them, too. And so, people... I say, turn, turn from your wickedness, turn from that homosexuality, turn from that bitterness, turn from that hatred, turn from that fornication. You don't have to live like that anymore. You don't. You don't. You don't have to live like that anymore. There is help. Glory be to God. There is help now. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, God, creator of the heavens and the earth died for you so that he can rescue you out of all of that. Come to him. Come. The Bible said, come. Let the spirit, let the bride say, come. Come to Christ. He is there. He is waiting. He got his hand out. All he needs for you to do is take it. Take it, my friend, and I promise you, 
I assure you by the mercies of God, you will not regret this decision. I'm telling you, because that decision, that one decision have eternal benefits. You're not going to be sorry. Yeah, we're still going to go through some problems. Listen, I am not trying to sell you a fairy tale. I'm not trying to sell you a dream that we are not going to have no more problems. We are. But guess what now? We got help. <laughs> we got help now. Okay. So that if we do uh, if we do encounter any problems going forth, now we got the Lord Jesus Christ to help us as long as we go and get us a Bible and we study that word and we see how he says how we can avoid these problems in our lives because it is in there. The answer to all your problem is in his word. All we got to do is submit to him, resist the devil, and God will show us how to do that. Okay, that if we if we submit to him and walk in obedience, when he say to flee from fornication, flee from it. When he tells us that sexuality, that if you are a man and you're sleeping with a man, that's a sin. If you are a woman and you're sleeping with a woman, that's a sin. Now we're gonna have to trust him on this, okay? We can't keep we can't keep continuing to believe the lies of the media of the public opinion that you can love who you want to love, that's not true. That is not true because, see, loving that way, the worldly way, leads you back onto that broad path of sin. And let me tell you, the Bible is clear. No no uh, adulterer. No, I'm going to give it to you straight from the Word. In 1 Corinthians 6, uh, chapter 6, verses 9 through 10 says this, do not be deceived. It says, it says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. That's, you know, men who like to dress up as women, you know, very feminine. You know, they walk, they talk overly feminine them. Okay. Neither homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor the drunkards, nor the revilers, those, you know, that got that, that slanderous tongue that's always talking ill will about everybody. They ain't getting in either, nor the swindlers. And those are your con men, you know, one who play all these deceptive games, beating you out of your money, cheating, cheating you out of everything you have, them. It says that they will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay. So don't let this world fool you. Okay. Okay. I love you, precious. I love you, precious. And I pray that you came, that you came to Christ. I say, welcome to the family. Okay. You are now among a family of believers. Okay. Pray to God and let him lead you to a ministry that's preaching what I just preached right then and there. That's what you need to hear. Don't run after the Joe Osteens. Don't run after the Joyce Myers. Okay. Don't run after the Kenneth Copelands and the Rick Warrens. And don't run after ministries that tell you that God wants to bless you. God has already blessed us by sending Jesus. Okay. God is not about wanting you to have 
all this money, all these luxuries. Yes, those are good things to have. But guess what? That is not his priority for you. His priority for you is to live a lifestyle of repentance, to come to the knowledge of his son, Jesus Christ, and to be conformed in his image that we will go and sin no more. That's the will of God for us so that we can do um, this journey in life, right? And and find out what he wants for you to do while you're still on this earth in that body suit and do that. And then get yourself on back to heaven. That's the will of God. Now, if it happens to be that he bless you with a job or maybe giving you this invention or giving you some godly wisdom to, to help this world out, okay, and you happen to make millions from that, then so be it, okay, but we don't paper chase, okay, you know, um, God also has a mission for this planet too, and he uses people and he gives people ideas and solutions to help us out, and so if that makes you money, then so be it, and then the Holy Spirit will put on your heart what to do with that money, okay, okay, but we don't, we don't listen to the false teachers and the false leaders talking about if you, if you give us money, God is going to bless you, that is not true, I'm telling you, that is not true, that's a lie from the pit of hell, okay, so I thought this was going to be a, a short message, but like I said, I could say what I want to say is the Holy Spirit that has the final say, amen, Amen. Until next time, beloved, I speak to you all soon and welcome to the family. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.